Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Saver Podcast. Um, uh, Stacy and I are here today and we have to backtrack a little bit. We um, celebrated a little bit too early this year about how well we were doing with doing a weekly podcast because by the time this comes out, it will have been four weeks since we did one. So grace and peace to us from the Lord, our Father in heaven. <laughs> yes. Um, we just got behind. And honestly, it's it's life. So it is. we apologize. Yes. And please don't take it personally. It was not you. It's us. It's totally us. And we've had a couple of spring breaks. I have a college student that was on spring break. And now our boys are on spring break. And it's just been... And work for me has just been a lot lately. So it's just trying to do life and manage it all and still... Um, the desire to be here and to serve our women and we still want to do it. We're still passionate about it and we promise to keep trying to be better. That's all we can do. Absolutely. And so um, we hope that you will enjoy this. And if you were wondering why we were radio silent, it's just because life happens sometimes. Yeah. Like every day, but yeah. All the time, all the time. Anything exciting happening in your life right now? Um, no. No, nope, not nothing. really. I've just been really, really busy with work. So, I mean, that's exciting, I guess, that I have a job. And a little bit of excitement. You were cleaning out closets, and I got blessed through that. So, Oh, yeah. I cleaned out a closet recently, and Stacy got um, a little jacket. So, yes. there you go. And my husband got a pair of socks. Yeah. Well, actually, those were a Christmas present, and we forgot about them <laughs> and found them while we were clean, cleaning out the yep. closet. And me, I'm so cheap. I was like, just put these back in my gift drawer. You can give them to him again next Christmas. And he's like, no, Suzanne, I'm going to give them to him tonight when we see them. I was like, okay. I love it. I, lo- I would have done the same thing you said. Like his birthday's coming up in a couple of months. So just wait, oh, hold on. It. See, I didn't know that. I'm the world's worst rememberer of birthdays. Well, I'm not too good either, but uh, but it's exciting that you're cleaning it out because you're cleaning it out for a purpose, right? Aren't you cleaning that closet in that room out for a purpose? Oh, well, the I'm just calling was you getting out. cleaned out because literally there might have been dead cats in there and we wouldn't have known. Did you find any dead cats? No. Have you seen that episode of Hoarders? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's like every other episode of Hoarders. True. Um, no, but we are... Um, cleaning out uh, a extra bedroom that is now an extra bedroom in our house in hopes to try to outfit it with some fun stuff so that some youth can hang out at our house and have a, a place to hang out. So we'll see how that goes. I love that. I think that's really exciting. I'm praying for you and your family through that. Thanks. And now I've just called you out on the podcast. So, so now I have to do it. Thanks. Yeah. If you guys got teenagers, send them over to Suzanne and Jeremy's. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so what are we talking about today? So today we're going to be talking about such a fun subject, um, taming the tongue. Oh, it's my favorite. It is the hardest thing in my life, probably. It is so 
challenging. And I heard this prayer by an old dead guy named Andrew Murray. And one of them, one of the things that he would pray daily was he would surrender his tongue, his temperament, and his thoughts to God Mm. every day. And I even pray that on a regular basis. And then my tongue is running in this whole other direction from where I want it to go. And as it is spewing out the poison, I'm like, what are you doing? Stop, stop, stop. It's so, so very hard. Um, But so where we're going to be in scripture today is this is found in James 3. Um, And I I don't remember exactly why. I think I started reading James for some reason when I first started reading the Bible um, regularly. And I just love this book. But I do, I think it's really important that we remind you guys that James was written... um, I think most people believe it was written by James, the brother of Jesus, after Jesus died. Uh, But this is written to believers. So if you read this as just a book of the Bible, like thinking it's written to everyone, then you might read this as a book that's kind of like you have to do these things to earn God's approval. And that's not how this works. This is just like, hey, you guys, as children of God, this is how we want to live. Um, so just to throw that out there as a, a disclaimer. Yes, because if you get into James, it's like, what? There's a lot of instructions and a lot of, like, you know, taming the tongue, which is, I mean, it even says in there that it's, you know, almost impossible. Um, so do you want to read anything specific in James, or do you just want me to? Yeah, I, th- I think I do want to kind of start. And, you know, it's interesting, the whole reason this kind of perked in me when we were talking and planning about podcast is because as you guys know I've said a lot of times one of the practices that I use to to spend time in the presence of the Lord is just kind of sit there and quiet silence Lord is there anything you want to speak to me today and so a few days ago I said that and he said yeah go read James 3 and I read it the amount of conviction that fell on me about took my breath away it was um it was intense, but it was kindness that the Lord spoke to me, and it was with an urgency that the Lord spoke to me and convicted me. And once I moved through that conviction of reading this, there was freedom. So if you're hearing this podcast and you know that you may have just spewed a little poison at maybe your neighbor or your spouse or your children or a friend, um, just know it's going to be okay. You're in a safe place. God loves you. And if God reveals it, he's going to heal it. And mm-hmm. he has the power and authority to do that. So please don't tune us out and say, yeah, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> yes, please don't tune us out. No, definitely don't. And actually, please like us and review because that helps us. <laughs> don't I sound like <laughs> a commercial? That's what we've been told. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> At least that's what we've been told. Um, no, but I just want to read a couple of verses in James chapter 3 that kind of grab my attention. And I'll just kind of talk to you about how and why it grabbed my attention James chapter 3, starting in verse 1, and again, I'm reading out of the New American Standard. Let not many of you become teachers. Sorry, let me move it so I can actually read it. Not because it's the... (laughs) Because she doesn't have her glasses on. That's right. Because I have super giant print Bible in front of me. (laughs) Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such, we will incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, 
able to bridle the whole body as well. And then James goes into using a couple of illustrations about the tongue and trying to use the tongue, and he compares it to the um, rut, the rudder on a ship, and he also compares it to the bridle in a horse's mouth and how the bridle is used to control the horse in the same way that the, the rudder. Oh, the bit. Right. I think yes. the bit is part of the bridle. Yes, you're right. Does it yours is say bit. bridle? No, it says bit. Okay. I was just because I used to ride horses way back in the day. You did? But, like way back, like I was 10. But I think the bridle is the thing that goes over it when it's attached to the bit, which goes in the mouth. See, aren't you guys glad that we have an expert equestrian horse rider person <laughs> with am, us? I mean, yes, this yes. is true. You're right, though. It's the bit that goes in right. the mouth, and they pull the bit to mm-hmm. make the horse go right or left in the same way the ship's rudder goes right or left, and the pilot or the captain of the ship can control it in the direction of the ship. And so he goes into that and kind of explains it. But the thing that really stood out to me in James 3, 1 says, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren. And then he switches from not let many of you become teachers. And then he says that such we will incur. So he goes from talking to the group of believers, referring to them, and then he puts himself in that. He recognizes that he's a teacher, and he's telling teachers, if you feel called to be a teacher, just know you're going to be held to a higher standard. And so I have been given the gift of teaching, not on my own desire or accord, but it's a gift of the Holy Spirit that was given to me. And I have to step into that gifting to fulfill my purpose, like to fulfill to fulfill the calling that God's given me. But when I read this verse, I don't want to, because I don't want to be held to a higher standard. I don't want to have that something I said has affected an entire group of people. But that's part of what James is talking about here is just saying, hey, you know, that little tongue that's a small part of the body can set the entire body on fire. And some commentators think that James is actually not just alluding to the person's physical body, but the teacher who holds a teaching role in the church can change the whole direction of the group of people. And so I just want to kind of lay that before you to have you think about it, because I talk to a lot of women who really do want to teach and have a strong desire to teach. And if the Lord's given you that desire, listen to me. Go, go, go. Move forward. Reach out to me. Suzanne, we want to help you. We want to come alongside of you in that. But one of the things that we're going to do today is kind of just give you a couple of warnings. Um, When you think about whether or not you are being called to teach or you want to teach, Uh, one of my favorite Bible teachers, Beth Moore, has a quote, and she talks about how um, one of the ways that you know that maybe you're called to teach isn't just that you like to talk a lot, because we just call those people talkers. Teachers who just love to talk are really just talkers. The way that you can kind of get a gauge on whether or not you might have the gift of teaching or being moved in that direction is, do you have a desire to study? Do you have a desire to pour over scriptures and be a student of the Lord and be a student of the scriptures? And that's honestly one of the first ways that I ever saw my teaching gift come to fruition. I've always liked to talk, so don't get me wrong. I'm a talker, right? Well, I mean, that's probably why we're friends. We both love to talk. We do. I'm a talker for sure. 
I know if you guys don't know this, we sometimes will have to have eye like stares at each other and um, hand signals so that we don't talk of each other during the <laughs> podcast. Because also we learned that you shouldn't do that if you're recording a podcast. Yes, we're still learning all these things, but you know. <laughs> yes, but one of the one of the ways that the teaching gift emerged for me was I was doing like Beth Moore Bible studies and I was, and it was good and I enjoyed it, but I wanted more. I wanted to dig into deeper study and how to read, study, and apply scripture. And I'll never forget, I was telling a friend of mine, this is years ago, um, we were talking about Bible studies we were doing. And I was like, yeah, actually, um, I've signed back up to go to grad school. And she's like, what are you doing for grad school? And I said, I'm studying how to read the Bible and interpret it. I want to know more. And she was like, can't you just do another Beth Moore Bible study? (laughs) And I was like, no, I want even more. And so this was before I ever really stepped into teaching. I mean, I may have spoken here or there at a thing or two, but um, before I really honed in on my gift of teaching, one of the ways that I saw it emerge was my overwhelming desire to study scripture. And I see that in you too, Suzanne, because a lot of times you know, you'll talk to me about, hey, I was doing a a deep dive into the book of Philippians. I mean, I think just a few months ago, God had you in Philippians for I don't know how long. Uh, Like almost a year. Yeah. And and that's just not a normal thing for people to stay in a book like Philippians for a year. It's only like six chapters or something. It's it's short. I don't know how many. Yeah. I should know, right? Gosh. (laughs) I know. Four, six, something like that. Um, I don't know how many it is either. Now I want to know. It's short. (laughs) Yes. But I think that's one of the ways. So if you're wondering if you have that teaching gift, just ask yourself, how much do you love to study scripture? Do you love to read about the history of what was happening and those kinds of things? And if it's just that you really like to talk a lot, maybe teaching isn't your gift. Maybe your gift would be more in the lines of counseling or um, having discernment or exhortation, which is different. And I think we don't ever press that out. It's such a good point. I don't think we ever press that out, the difference between the gift of exhortation and the gift of teaching. Mm -hmm. And the gift of teaching is that person who is drawn to just pour over scriptures, read, look at the text, see what it means, how to apply apply it. And the exhorter is needed to come in and to put an exclamation point on what the teacher has said. And they do it well, but they don't spend nearly as much time probably in the in-depth intricacies of the doctrine, the theology, the history of it. Such a great example. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think another thing, and don't check out like if you're like, oh, I don't have the gift of teaching, so I don't need to listen. I do think that this still applies to everyone. The context of this may be really talking about teachers, but it could also be a both and. Oh, I definitely think it's a both Um, and. Because we know in scripture it talks about, you know, the power of our words and things like that. And also, if you look back at James 119, it says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. So slow to... Okay, clearly, I, I do not have the gift of teaching or speaking today. Uh, slow to speak and slow to become angry. And I think just even thinking about that, because when we get angry, how do we usually behave? It's usually with our words, then followed by our actions. So I do think that that is, um, and then in 26, it says, um, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. So I think it is something that is applicable to everyone. But I think what I hear you saying, Stacey, is, you know, that this is also saying 
be sure you're you're using your tongue appropriately when you're teaching. Yes. Because you are held to a higher standard. That really scared me when I started teaching. Um, and I think in a way it should. And I will I will tell you, I was so nervous. I still question my call to teach just because it scares the heck out of me mm-hmm. every single time. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember the very first time you were you looked at me and you're like, what What are you so afraid of? And I said, I am so afraid that I will misspeak or I will misrepresent God or I will say something wrong. And I think back now to like the first time I taught, the first couple times, I literally can think of things that I said and I'm like, that was so wrong. And I totally took that verse out of context because – I didn't even understand everything then. And you looked at me and you said, listen, God's grace is big enough to cover all of that. And um, and I'm always going to be teachable. Yes. So if someone came to me and said, Suzanne, I really don't understand what you said. Or did you mean this when you said this? Or this is how I understand this verse. And I would totally be open to, you know what, maybe I got that wrong. Um, yes. But I do think... Um, you should be scared a little oh, yeah. bit if you have the, the, but not scared to not do it. Right. I firmly believe the church needs more women willing to use their voice. Amen. I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly. And, and kind of going along those lines, I remember us having those conversations and I, I'm thinking back to when I started teaching. And I think I've told this story to you at least before. I remember very clearly sitting in a Bible study. It was me and like four other girls, and I was kind of the teacher in the study. And I remember looking at these girls and saying, no, all sin is equal. All sin is equal. And this one girl, I mean, for months, she was like, Stacy, that just blows my mind. And I was like, well, it doesn't matter if it blows your mind. It's true. All sin is equal, right? Right. You guys, that is not true. That is not true. It is not a complete representation the truth is all sin equally separates us from God. But what I was trying to, she kept saying, so you're telling me stealing a paperclip is the same as murder. And I was like, yeah, all sin is equal in the eyes of God. No, stealing a paperclip is different, has different consequences and different implications on my life and the life of those around me than murdering someone. So, and scripture actually says there's a greater sin. It talks about, and Mm -hmm. he committed the greater sin. And once I did further study, years went by and I had to go back to this girl that I was no longer in Bible study with and say, hey, do you remember when I was teaching you that all sin is equal and it just wasn't settling right with you? You were right. I was wrong. Yeah. And I think that it comes down this particular verse and the same things that we see the apostle Paul talking about in um, the letters to the churches, like in Corinthians and um, Ephesus and all of that. It's about the intent of our hearts, yes. which God knows. And, um, you know, we're not intentionally using our tongue to spread things and false lies that we know are false, right? which is something that I think we see a lot of. I mean, obviously it's been going on since biblical times because Paul talks about it over and over. Um, but that's why I, I, you know, we see it here, I think in that context too. But I can tell you that with my tongue, I have spit evil and desire on the people that I love and intentionally done it probably. But, oh, yes. but I think that this applies to that because that also changes our direction. Oh, for sure. And I think that's kind of 
the real push of what James is talking about in James 3. I think he talks first by addressing the teachers because they're the leaders. And remember, anytime you lead, you have the potential to mislead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's just warning them of that to be aware of it. But then he goes into the entire congregation, I think, and he's talking to the entire congregation. If you look at James 3 verse 6 it says but no one can tame the tongue it is a restless evil and full of deadly poison and i think he's not just talking to teachers he's talking to everyone there There, there's nobody who has the power to actually tame your tongue because like you said it is something that we use intentionally sometimes to bring about harm, maybe because we're hurt, maybe because we feel insecure, maybe because we're afraid. It doesn't matter the reason. But the big thing that the Lord was showing me was be aware of the power of your tongue and the direction that you can take things. And it actually goes on to talk about how um, if you back up in one of the earlier verses, it says, the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of your life and is set on fire by hell itself. And I just think, yeah, I mean, how many times has my tongue set a fire in my family? Mm-hmm. multiple times mm-hmm. so much so that even if I sound raspy to you guys when you're listening to this it's probably because I still have nodules on my vocal cords from where I screamed at my kids and developed nodules on my vocal cord that 10 years later I'm still I'm still still <laughs> oh your country's coming out bring it, it out al- come on girl it always does <laughs> but I'm still dealing with the effects of using my voice and my tongue in a way that is not right. And so I want to encourage you guys, one of the verses that I have memorized that the Lord has really encouraged me to help me with my tongue actually comes out of Psalm 141. And this verse, I used to have it taped to my refrigerator when my children were little because I really had to work on my tongue. And I still do, obviously, because the Lord took me to it and convicted me the other day. But Psalm 141 verse 3 says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And that is a constant prayer for me that the Lord will put a guard over my mouth and that he'll keep watch over the door of my lips so that my tongue does not spread like fire and burn things to the ground. Because I think a lot of times when we're using our words and we're speaking we think, well, I just have somebody got to tell them the truth. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to mince words. I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to say the truth. I'm going to say it. And there is a little bit of truth in that, but the truth must be spoken in love. When God convicts me the other day, James 3, he didn't burn me to the ground. He very lovingly and gently and kindly opened my eyes to the effect that the words coming out of my mouth have had on those around me and the effect it's had on my thought process. Well, that's what I was going to say, too. This also includes the way you talk to yourself. Even though you may not speak it out loud, I think we can see that. Um, if you look back at that first verse, I said in 26, um, and does not keep a tight rein on his tongue. He deceives himself. Um we deceive ourselves, and part of that, I think, is like your thoughts, but it's referring back 
to that kind of like speech in my mind. Oh, yeah. But one of the verses that I um, really draw on a lot in this is the verse that says, um, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And it helps me remember now, believe me, if you've known me for any amount of time, you've probably seen me spew hate or um, death so to speak, with my with my tongue. I'm not going to sit here. I don't think either one. I know neither one of us would ever sit here and pretend that we've got this down and we're so holy with our tongue. No, this is the thing that God constantly tells me that I need to work on. This is the thing that I constantly recognize in my life that I need to work on. But it does help me to think of that verse thinking, am I speaking life to this person, to this situation, or am I speaking death? Um, and so that verse, I think it, it's in Proverbs, it's Proverbs eighteen twenty one, yeah, um, is that verse. Um, but definitely, and, and again, that's why we see here in this, in, in James 3, it says, you know, that he's a perfect man. Well, we know there's no perfect man. There's never been an expectation that there would be a perfect man after Jesus, after, you know, yeah, the fall. And then it says, no man can tame the tongue. I mean... So this is something that we constantly work on, but I think that's the point. Yeah. We got to be working on it. Like right. as we grow spiritually and we experience God's kindness and his grace and his mercy, then we too will grow in those things and be able to use our tongue for more life than more death. Absolutely. And and that's going to kind of lead us to what our next episode is going to be about is getting a little bit more into that because it really does require submission and humility. Yeah. And you're like, How man, do, you do it. Like, <laughs> you're probably like, I'm definitely not listening to the episode on submission and humility. <laughs> Girls, I promise you, if God can get Suzanne and I to a point where we love to submit to him, you can too, because rebelliousness is running strong. It runs strong with me and I, and I have to fight it, you know, and, but there's such beauty that can come because in James uh, chapter three, it goes on to say, uh, that from the same mouth comes both blessing and cursing. And so I think the idea is being aware of, are we using our words to bring blessing or cursing. Mm -hmm. And the way that we do that is through humility and through submission to Christ. And so I think we're going to get into that a little bit more in the next episode. Yeah, for sure. I mean, do I want to be someone that speaks life or speaks death? And I personally want to be someone that speaks life. And how do I do that? And what do I look at? That means a continual submission to God. Um, and so what I want to talk about share with them what that looks like practically in our lives to be submitted to God. Yeah. And that's no easy task. So um, we are looking forward to joining you for that episode that will be coming out. And um, as we are closing today, we have a saver moment for you. And I'm going to let Suzanne set up our saver moment for us because I think we all know that I love spicy food. I don't know if you know Suzanne doesn't love spicy food, and we were talking about the savor moment. How can we talk about the fire that can be lit with the tongue and not talk about good spicy stuff? Yeah, so as I was thinking about this and in, in that verse in James 3, 6, it says, the tongue also is a fire. And so for me, I do not enjoy I enjoy very mild spice like I'll say something spicy and Jeremy or Stacy they're like I don't even taste 
taste any spice. They're like she does whispering not like to each other. Spice. I'm like, I know, but it's my tongue is on fire. And so for me, um, I was just thinking about that and thinking about a time where I've eaten something really too spicy for me. You mean black pepper? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> too much black pepper. And just how that, that, like, I hated it. Like, I hated it. I wanted that taste off my tongue. I wanted that feeling to go away. And I think when we use our tongue and we allow our tongue to be this fire for evil, that's how we make those around us feel. Just like gross and like, I need to get this feeling off of me. And I think um, just just thinking of a time, and maybe you think of something and you need to go apologize to somebody. I mean, we'll talk about that more probably in the next episode where we talk about humility, but we don't want to make people feel like that. Um, and for me, like if I accidentally eat something spicy, like I love sushi, not real sushi, but pretend sushi. And um, <laughs> like it's been sitting like a big chunk of wasabi gets stuck on it or something. And I eat that all. I immediately want to take it out. Mm-hmm. And once I do that, I can't get that out. Right. I got to work through that mm-hmm. um, and wait till the, that goes away. But our words can be really spicy and we can't take them out. So we need we can't unsay them. Mm-hmm. And so we really need to be cognizant of that. But Stacy has this um, spice that is almost too hot for her. Tell it, us about this that yes. she's going to share with you. Um, it's supposed to be sweet. Oh, yeah. Right. It, it sounds great. Well, sweet and spicy, but. Yes, which who doesn't want a little sweet and spicy? So for our savor moment, what we're going to do, I'm going to share this spice with you. It's called um, ghost pepper and blueberry spice. And I'll put a link to it um, in the show notes. It's a Bravado Spice Company, I think, or Bravado. Yeah, that's how it is. I think that's how you say it. Uh, But I'll put a note, a link to it in our show notes. But I want you to maybe do some grilled chicken. It's supposed to be really good on that. And you just, you know, drizzle a little ghost pepper and blueberry because it's supposed to be sweet and spicy. But if you know anything about ghost peppers, they are ridiculously hot. I mean, scorching hot. And so Suzanne's husband and I tried this ghost pepper and blueberry sauce and I, it was so hot, I couldn't, I mean, I was out. And I like pretty spicy things. And I was tap, tap, couldn't do it. Nope, no, thank you. Nope, 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 thank you. I'm going to back out on that one. But we want to share it with you because, you know, if you mix a little cream cheese in it or ricotta cheese, ooh, I'm already dreaming up maybe some pizza recipes where we could mix it in with some whipped ricotta. That might be good. So your savor moment is try out this spice in a new dish and share your recipe with us either um, by emailing us or tagging us on social media. You can email us at savor at crosstownchurch.com. But as you're doing that and you're eating food and you're eating these spicy things, just remember that once you have said something, those words are out there and the fire that is lit and the sting that is left behind um, has an impact. And we want to be women who speak life and we want to encourage you to do that. And we want you to know you're not alone if taming your tongue is something you struggle with. It is definitely 100% one of the top things that I struggle with. And so as I am praying for myself that the Lord will put a guard over my lips, uh, just know we'll be praying that for you as well. We're so glad that you stopped by and listened to another episode of the Saver podcast. It is honestly, ladies, so much fun. We love doing it and we love your patience with us. 
when it takes us a little bit longer to get out episodes to you. (laughs) Yes, y'all go and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for being with us today here at Savor. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR, women's ministry, or Crosstown Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.